Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Well, greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth and justice, believers in peace, freedom, and the American way. Tom Hartman here with you. I have a huge question, and it's a really important one, and I'd love to hear your opinions on this. Why is Mitch McConnell a master politician, this guy? He's been the most powerful Republican in the United States Senate, the United States Senate, arguably the most meaningful center of power in the United States government, you know, outside of the White House. Why is this guy, a lifelong politician, a master tactician, making such a huge mistake? And let me lay this out for you. I've got a theory. I've got actually two, two possibilities, maybe three. And it's going to take me a, a little bit to get through this, but follow along because I think there's a whole lot of stuff that hangs on this. Why is it that Mitch McConnell has come right out and said, just like he did with the American Recovery Plan, you know, the COVID relief plan, he said, you know, you're not going to have any Republican votes. And so what did Biden and the Democrats do? They put all kinds of cool stuff in there that they you know, probably wouldn't have put in if they had had to compromise to get Republican votes like, for example, like Barack Obama had to do back in 2009. He cut his bill in half because the Republicans were yelling and squealing and things. And then they never gave him a single vote. Well, this time in advance, Mitch McConnell said, you're not going to get any of my votes. And so the Democrats said, OK, well, why are we even bothering talking to you? Well, McConnell did it again. He said, you're not going to have a single vote for this uh, infrastructure plan or for your family plan. Uh, you know, the, the, the human infrastructure or the physical infrastructure. These two plans that Joe Biden is proposing and that I think he's probably going to get passed by reconciliation. It's going to be a big deal. But McConnell has already said no. Now, why would he do that? Why would he give away any bargaining leverage that the Republican Party might have? where they could mess with Biden the same way that they did with both Clinton and Obama successfully. Why would he essentially encourage Democrats to make this legislation, both the American Jobs Plan, the infrastructure bill, and the American Family Plan, building our intellectual and physical infrastructure, human infrastructure. Why would he encourage Democrats to make these pieces of legislation as large as possible, as expansive, as effective, and ultimately, because of those things, as popular as possible, and then let the Democrats take the credit for it? Why would Mitch McConnell do that? I mean, you know, now that the Democrats know that there's no possibility of a Republican vote, they feel no need whatsoever to negotiate with the Republicans. Screw the Republicans. We don't, you know, they don't even need to ask their opinions anymore. They don't have to worry about hurting their feelings. They don't have to worry about what they think or what their concerns are because the Republicans have already said, we're not going to be part of this process. So that reality that I just described, that has been, you know, a number of commentators over the last few weeks have have been pointing this out and actually going over a couple of months, going back to the original rescue plan and scratching their heads and kind of publicly and loudly saying, why? Why is Mitch McConnell doing this? Well, actually, nobody is 
to the best of my knowledge, addressing the question why. More they're saying, oh, isn't this interesting? Well, I'm asking the question why, and I think I have an answer. I have two possible answers here, maybe a third. My first possible answer is that Mitch McConnell's actually a true believer in Reaganomics. Now, just consider this for a moment. I realize that you know I'm talking to a largely progressive audience, and you may think that I'm just crazy that that all these Republicans are spouting the Reaganomics line. Oh, we got to cut taxes on the rich. We got to cut government spending. It's a good thing when you throw people off welfare programs, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, a lot of liberals think that Republicans are just doing this because that's what the billionaires want to keep their taxes down. We got to deregulate the industries and kill the union because that's what the billionaires want. But they don't really believe it. Well, I think some of them really believe it. I mean, you know, people like Charles, who was on this program just a couple days ago, you know, who advocates this kind of libertarian worldview, they say that the reason why Reaganomics hasn't worked over the last 40 years is because it wasn't really tried. If you want to see a real example of supply-side economics, of a free market economy actually working the way Republicans think it should, you have to do away with the things that are polluting or corrupting or messing with the economy first. You got to get rid of Social Security, get rid of Medicare, get rid of Medicaid, get rid of the Environmental Protection Agency, get rid of all the unions, get rid of you know public education. If you wipe the slate clean of all this government, this massive government spending, you know, three, four trillion dollars a year government spend, get rid of all of that except for the Pentagon, then you'll have a pure experiment and then you will see that when you cut taxes on rich people and you kill unions, that it actually helps people. There are some people who actually believe this. And one possible explanation for why Mitch McConnell is bailing on the American Rescue Plan, on the American Jobs Plan, is that he actually believes this stuff. This stuff that you know von Hayek and von Mises and, and Milton Friedman were pitching in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, the stuff that Reagan and the institutional Republicans have been pitching in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and now the 2020s, that you know the Republicans, they, I mean, Mitch McConnell has been selling this product for 40 years now. Why would he not believe it? Maybe he really believes this stuff. That's one possible answer. And if he does truly believe this stuff, this crazy Republican economics, if he truly does believe this, and that's why he's refusing to go along with Democrats on rebuilding America's infrastructure in any way at all, because he thinks really it should just be done by billionaires and the free market. If that's the case, if he's a true believer The last time we had a true believer Republican in senior leadership was 1964. It was Barry Goldwater. And in my piece over at uh, HartmanReport.com, you can actually see the clips. I've embedded the YouTube clips. I can't right now play them on the air. I'll be able to in a couple of weeks when I get back in the studio. But the first is of Nelson Rockefeller saying to his party, Literally, he's speaking to Barry Goldwater and the, and the people who follow him, the true believers. He said, these extremists feed off hate, fear, hate, and terror. They encourage disunity within the Republican Party. And he gets booed off the stage. And then Barry Goldwater gets up on the stage and says, I would remind you that extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. And let me remind you that moderation in the pursuit of justice is no virtue. And he gets like a five-minute standing ovation. So if Mitch McConnell is a true believer, the same way that Barry Goldwater was a true believer, and Barry Goldwater lost almost every state, the Republican Party, it took them decades to recover from Barry Goldwater. If Mitch McConnell is going down that same road, he's going to destroy the Republican Party. If he's doing this because he actually believes in this stuff. And I think that that's probably the most likely answer. There are two other possible answers for why Mitch McConnell is doing this. The first has to do with Donald Trump. Oh, really, they both have to do with Donald Trump. The first is kind of a pro-Trump, and the second is kind of an anti-Trump theory. 
that explain the why. As I said, everybody, all these commentators, Rachel Maddow on her show, for example, talking about it again. You know, look at this. Isn't this wonderful? The Democrats don't have to negotiate. McConnell's showing us his hand in advance. But nobody's asking why. I think it's probably because he's a true believer. I'll give you the other two reasons on the other side of this break. Tom Hartman program. But I find this absolutely fascinating, which is why I I put it all together over at HartmanReport.com, where you can read it commercial free. Holly in Washington, D.C., watching us on YouTube. Hey, Holly, what's up? I wanted to make a comment about McConnell and his intentions. I think mm-hmm. everything you're saying makes sense, but there's another layer to it. And I think it's that he saw that Trump was able to brainwash and completely manipulate people with lies. And he learned, mm-hmm. like what you're talking about with Goldwater, you might not agree with them, but they weren't just out and out making up things like mm-hmm. Trump did. And so I suspect that he figures, well, they'll get, they can take some credit for this the passage of these things. They don't mind getting up there in line. They're already doing it to their constituents patting themselves on the back for the great job they did for their constituents, but they voted against all of it. So I think that's part of it, too. You know, that's what Kevin McCarthy did just a couple days ago. He got called out on MSNBC. It was either Chris Hayes' show or Rachel's show. Mm -hmm. Kevin McCarthy, the number one Republican in the House of Representatives, tweeted or sent an email or something to his constituents in California saying, as I recall, it was the restaurant one. There there have been several that different Republicans have done. But I think he was saying, hey, restaurant owners, small business owners, you can apply for new under this new program, right, under the American Rescue Plan that was passed by Congress a while ago, when McCarthy had organized the opposition to it, said it would turn America into Venezuela, said it was socialism, <laughs> and now he's sending emails out to his constituents saying, "Is this is wonderful. Here's how you apply for some free money. And so, Holly, your hypothesis, if I'm understanding it correctly, is that Mitch McConnell is looking at what Kevin McCarthy, his, basically his counterpart in the House of Representatives, you know, the two Republican leaders, that he's looking at what Kevin McCarthy has done and a half a dozen, you know, a handful of other people, including Senator Wicker, you know, the, the Republican senator from Louisiana tried this. He got busted for it, but mm-hmm. hey, it, maybe it worked mm-hmm. for him. I mean, you know, being busted on, on CNN or MSNBC doesn't mean that the, the Republican constituents in Mississippi or California even know about it because they're probably just watching Fox, which I guarantee you didn't cover this. So you're suggesting, if I understand it correctly, that Mitch McConnell thinks that he can pull off the same thing. In fact, probably he can help the entire Republican Party. Let Biden have his victory, pass the the Recovery Act, put millions of people back to work, and then the Republicans go on TV and say, see what we did? Is that what you're proposing? Yeah, I think the whole Republican Party is not just McConnell and McCarthy. The whole party has pivoted to this complete fantasy land of reality, which is different than ours. And it's been so successful. It's been so successful that why does the party just go that way? I mean, in other words, let's just turn it into the party of lies, period. It already is. And it worked. Yeah. Except yeah. for the, you know, except for, except well, for the election. And, and at know, least that, back in the 80s and the 90s and, and the 2010s, they felt like they had to come up with some BS rationalization for their lies. You know, Saddam's got weapons of mass destruction or, you know, trickle down economics will raise the middle class. Now they don't even need to come up with a rationalization. They just lie. That's exactly Is that what you're it. saying? That's exactly yeah. it. I think you may be onto something, Holly. You, you have now added a fourth dimension to my theory. I'll recap it real quickly on the other side of the break. Holly, thank you for that. Thank you. You're brilliant. Thank you. It's the Tom Hartman Program. We'll be back with more of, of your thoughts. But first, got to finish laying out my theory here for you. Stick around. We'll be right back. Okay, so the first... The first half of my theory here, and what I, you know, and I laid this out in probably the first two thirds of the op-ed that I wrote over at HartmanReport.com today, including the YouTube clips of Nelson Rockefeller and Barry Goldwater. My first argument is that Mitch McConnell is absenting himself from these negotiations, and thus the entire Republican Party in the Senate anyway, because they actually believe the BS they've been selling for 40 years. 
Now, we just had a caller from Washington, D.C., who was suggesting maybe it's just that the entire Republican Party watching Trump lie through his teeth an average of 15 times a day for five years has just decided, hey, lies are the way to go. And we will take credit for this when it succeeds, even though we have nothing to do with making it happen. And Kevin McCarthy's already established that as a precedent, you know, just, you know, claiming credit for the American rescue plan, you know, the, the COVID rescue plan just a day or two ago that he had said would cause us to become Venezuela and would turn America into a socialist nation and destroy us. So that's a possibility. It's a possibility that he's just decided, you know, let's just go in on the lies. Let's, let's just all become Trumpers. There are two other possibilities that I lay out in my piece and that I think are, you know, really important to note. Number one is that Trump is still president in the minds of many of these Republicans. I mean, he's supposed to be out of power. He shouldn't have that much influence. He's no longer the leader of the party. But, you know, they're, they're making trips to the throne at Mar-a-Lago to worship at the feet of the Trump death cult. Trump is the one who's called for throwing out Liz Cheney. That was a few weeks ago when Kevin McCarthy went down to Mar-a-Lago to, to kiss Trump's butt. And Trump said, why is Liz Cheney still in there? And so, boom, you know, she's getting thrown out. Trump is deciding who's going to be in the primaries and who's going to win with his endorsement. He's not put together a presidential library. He's collecting money, but the money is going into his super PAC that he can just convert into his own cash. He's raising money, in other words, as if he was still president, not as if he's an ex-president. And the Republican Party is going along with that. So that's one possibility, that, that they actually think Trump is still president. Another possibility is that Mitch McConnell is so disgusted by Trump. Remember, Mitch McConnell called Trump out for the January 6th insurrection. Now, he has walked that back publicly. But he has a, he knows. And his wife, Elaine Chao, who is the transportation secretary and probably the most corrupt one we've ever had in the history of the United States, you know, passing millions and hundreds of millions of dollars to her family and her friends. But nonetheless, he and Elaine Chao know that Trump is a liar and a fascist. So maybe Mitch McConnell is trying to purge the Republican Party of Trump. Now, how do you do that when, if you try to overtly do that, like Liz Cheney and Mitt Romney are trying to do right now, you get basically purged from the party. So how do you do that if you're Mitch McConnell? You let the Democrats succeed. You let the Republicans fail terribly. Keep in mind, Mitch has another six years to go. He just got reelected. And you, you let that happen. You let the Republican Party basically fall and fail. Everybody's going to want to point a finger at who's in charge. And McConnell and everybody else are making it very clear that they think that Trump is in charge. This goes back to my first point, that they're behaving like Trump is still president. And he apparently believes he's still president. I, honest to God. I mean, you know, that. in fact, that's an, a third possibility that... McConnell is delusional. He's believing this economic BS that goes back to Mises and Hayek and Friedman and Reagan. So he's nuts. And that Trump is nuts. That he actually still believes he's president. In other words, that the two major leaders of the Republican Party are both arguably clinically insane, or at least technically. You know, is that a possibility? Or is it that McConnell is trying to purge the party of Trump. Because if the party just disastrously fails in the 2022 elections, that might be enough to push Trump out so that he's not the 2024 nominee, so that McConnell can get somebody that he actually likes and thinks can win in there, somebody like uh, Rick Scott, Josh Hawley, you know, pick your poison, right? Tom Cotton. There's a small collection of right-wing, hardcore right-wing fascists. Christy Nome. I mean, who knows, right? That McConnell would like to see running for president instead of Trump. And maybe this is the way of, you know, McConnell's famous for playing the long game. Maybe he's trying to have the Republican Party just essentially collapse in 2022 so that they can get Trump out of the way, get Trump out of the conversation, and revive the party for 2024. 
So those are the theories. I mean, as I said, nobody is answering the question why. Why would Mitch McConnell lay his poker cards? Why would he lay his hand on the table and say, here's my hand? Why would he do that in advance? Do you have thoughts on this? You're listening to the Tom Hartman Program. Answers, ideas, suggestions. Is Trump still president? I'll be back with your calls after this. Sometimes Louise and I just crave a restaurant-quality dinner at home without doing all the work or driving. Well, Cook Unity is the first chef-to-you service delivering locally sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it appears to be less expensive than other delivery options. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. We just received our first meals from Cook Unity and what a huge difference it is to get the best chefs in the country to bring creative, delicious meals to us and you every week. Every meal is handcrafted by chefs and made in local micro kitchens, not large production facilities. We just had the chipotle maple glazed salmon with green beans and mango pico de gallo. It had everything we love in a meal. They have all sorts of options like vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free, and more. Menus are posted two weeks in advance so you have plenty of time to choose. Experience chef-quality meals every week delivered right to your door. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using the code Hartman or going to cookunity.com slash Hartman. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. The other thing I wanted to get into is there are a couple of other issues that I thought were really worth bringing up. Things that basically we need to know about, but also I think we need to have a take on. On March 22nd of 2019, this was the third year of the Trump administration, Robert Mueller submitted his report listing 10 clear examples of Donald Trump personally engaging in obstruction of justice. Each one of those 10 things that Donald Trump could be put in prison for as president. And then in another part of the report, he listed how they weren't able to establish the smoking gun in part because Trump and his family refused to testify and refused to turn over any documents. But all of the circumstantial evidence and all of the evidence they were able to gather from actual Russian agents and oligarchs associated with the Russians and Ukrainians and, and whatnot, that basically Donald Trump got elected in large part because Paul Manafort, who had worked for these oligarchs in that part of the world, was feeding polling data to them. They were using that polling data then to use Facebook to, to discourage mostly black voters from voting for Hillary Clinton in 2016. And so Mueller established that you know it was the Russians who helped put Trump into office and that Trump tried to cover that up and engaged in obstruction of justice at least 10 different times in ways that he could go to jail. And now we've got you know Judge Amy Berman Jackson saying, Bill Barr, you know when the Mueller report came out, it was supposed to go right to the public, unredacted. Mueller had already gone through and taken out anything that he believed was sensitive. So it was supposed to go right out, and instead the Attorney General stepped in, Bill Barr, and said, no, no, we're not going to do that. This is the same Bill Barr who back in 1992, when Lawrence Walsh, who was the special prosecutor at that time, who had been appointed by Congress, who had spent years investigating the Iran-Contra scandal, where Ronald Reagan, the Reagan campaign, most likely Bill Casey, 
reached out, who was Reagan's campaign manager in 1980, reached out to the Iranians who had seized, you know, as hostages, some 30 or 40 members of our uh, U.S. embassy, reached out to them and said, hang on to those hostages. Jimmy Carter was president, and the Reagan campaign said, hang on, because Carter was quite popular, actually. He didn't lose his popularity until just the two months before the election. Up until that point, he was polling way ahead of Reagan. Reagan was considered a right-wing crackpot. And the Reagan campaign went to the Iranians and said, you guys hang on to the hostages. This will make Jimmy Carter look like a weakling. And in fact, Carter even you know, tried a rescue mission, sent helicopters across the desert, and one of the helicopters got caught in a sandstorm and went down, and that was the end of that rescue mission. And that got a lot of publicity. Of course, the Republicans pounding on that. Oh, Carter can't even you know, do a rescue. So Reagan's deal was, you hang on to the hostages, and we'll sell you all the spare parts you want for the military that we built for the Shah that you just took over. Keep in mind, this was just a year after they had thrown the Shah out. The Shah had, in fact, Jimmy Carter invited the Shah to the United States where he died of cancer in one of our hospitals or was being treated for it anyway. I'm not sure exactly where he died, but it was during that time period. The Shah died, you know, the right-wingers took over and uh, the right-wing religious crazies. And then the payoff to Iran for holding on to these hostages was that we would sell them weapons, which we did. The Reagan administration did this for five or six years. Illegally sold weapons to Iran and then took the money from that. Congress had passed a law saying that Reagan could not interfere in the governments of Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador because they were putting into place democratic socialism. They were putting into place national health care systems, free college education for everybody, strong social security programs, and the Republicans thought that was socialism, that was the first step to communism, and so they were trying to disrupt those three countries. And so Congress actually passed a law saying that the Reagan administration could not interfere with those countries. So what they did was they took this secret money that they got from Iran for selling them illegal weapons and used that secret money to buy weapons here in the United States and smuggle them down to Costa Rica, Honduras, and Guatemala. And that's why those three countries are all screwed up. So anyhow, in 1992, when Lawrence Walsh was closing in on the role of George Herbert Walker Bush and Ronald Reagan in this god-awful deal, this crime, it was Attorney General Bill Barr who recommended that George H.W. Bush, then the president, who had just lost the election, pardon all these people and end the investigation. Listening to the Tom Hartman program. Which is exactly what Bush did on Christmas Eve, 1992. Look at the New York Times. And that was the end of the investigation. Giant cover-up by Bill Barr. Okay, let's get to some of your thoughts here on why Mitch McConnell is doing what he's doing. Cheryl in Studio City, California. Hey, Cheryl, what's up? Hi, Tom. I have been listening to you since Air America, so I, you have earned my, you're the most intelligent guy on the air thing. I'm loath to correct you on any kind of communication. But Please. I would suggest, why is Mitch McConnell doing this? And the answer is because he can't. Now, the better question, I think, is what does he get out of it? And I think what we need to do is look to his own state. And I believe, and I don't remember what the name of the factory was, but he got an enormous amount of funding from a Russian oligarch infused into his state. So that benefits right. him. I think, Which the, is going away right what, now, by the way. Which is going that, away? That yeah, that $200 million for that factory by, uh, I think, Oleg Peska, the uh, Ukrainian oligarch, in fact, connected to the Russian oligarchs. He was going to build this, uh, you know, aluminum and steel factory in Kentucky, and they did the whole groundbreaking and everything, and now he's pulled out. So, ah, you know. Okay, so worth. then I still think the better question is what does he get out of it? And, and mm-hmm. I, I think the, what anybody that believes in trickle-down economics probably gets out of it is they get to be in charge. And whether he is just a white supremacist and he only believes that white men should rule and nobody else is real, you know, women aren't real, black people are three-fifths of a person, handmaid's tale is a good idea, That that's all, I think, in the mix. I think that... So you think Mitch is doing this to gain power? Yes, and whether it's in front of the camera, I, I don't think he's a Trumpite in that he needs to be in front of the camera. I mean, I think he's fine with that. But I think if he could pull the strings from behind, which is what he often does, 
I think it's just purely a power, and I think the belief is not so much trickle-down economics as it is a belief that, you know, Russian oligarch, whatever the white guy is, should be in charge right. and should dictate whatever the belief system But why is does he give away his bargaining power? Why give away your bargaining well, power okay, in advance? Again, again that, that's, that's not the question I would ask. The question I would ask is what does he get out of holding it Okay, back? so what does he get out of giving away his bargaining power? Well, I'm not sure what he gets out of it. Other than, I mean, that's at least it's an answerable question to me because, okay, whether it's all right, he gets the publicity, he gets everybody listening, and okay, Republicans are united. Look here, Republicans are united. Look, all you Republican constituency, we're united. We, you know, we're for the stuff that you're for, which they don't say what that is. They just, you right. know, we're for. So, in other words, maintaining Republican unity, the or at least the appearance of Republican unity in the face uh-huh. of this this large narrative of Republican disunity, you know, Cheney and Romney, that that might be one of the things he's working toward. Is that what you're saying, Cheryl? I think so. And then he gets to dictate the term once that there is complete power. I mean, I think he's, I think he's pro oligarch here, pro. King. I, no, I, I get that. I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Cheryl, I, I have to move along, but thank you. Thank you for your thoughts. Thank A you. lot there to process. I appreciate it. Zoe in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Hey, Zoe, your thoughts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cheryl's right. He is 100% pro oligarchy all the way. Absolutely. Well, he's 1, an oligarch himself. I mean, he, he, ma- he married a woman is. worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Exactly. And Boyd County is where that Deripaska uh, aluminum plant was. I know that because I was born in Boyd County and hmm. um, and that's gone away. But, yeah, I think he's doing what he's doing because he's quite frankly butthurt over Georgia. But he can't align himself with the Q's because they hate him. So he needs waiting. He's doing his long game, waiting for Q to burn out quick. And in doing that, he is reverting his default minority setting. That's kind of part of one of my theories is that he's yeah. actually, you know, uh, going to let, if not encourage, but at the very least let the Republican Party implode so yeah. that it can purge yeah. itself of Trump and the QAnon crazy and just all yeah. that stuff and get back to being a Republican Party where Mitt Romney actually could be the presidential nominee or, or, or a more fascist one with Tom Cotton, you know, or Rick Scott as the Republican nominee. But right now with right. Trump and the QAnon people in the way, that's going to be almost impossible, that that's his right. ultimate goal. Right, yeah, that makes right. sense Well, to me. I mean, and that's what he, he's trying to pull strings by looking innocent, you know, and he's done this for... Mitch has been the senator from my state since before I was old enough to vote. And now I'm approaching menopause. Okay, so I've watched this dude. You know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he wants to play that whole, oh, Democrats are the real fascists. They don't want to work with us. They hate democracy. Mm. And besides that, you know, he came up in the Reagan era. Reaganomics brought him to power, and he's clinging to it like a life raft. And he's going yeah. to keep trying Which is to my other theory, change. that he's a true believer. Well, I don't think he's a true believer. He's one of those people that starts praying to Jesus 10 minutes before the plane goes down. Do you understand what I'm right. saying? He's an opportunist. So, exactly. He is absolutist. And I've come up with a thousand different ways to describe the GOP. And it could be the grand opportunist party, but it's also the grand oligarchical project party because he wants to play the democrat as being the fascist when in fact it's mitch that wants to be the big king fascist i mean there's a reason we call him dirtle the turtle because the whole story of dr seuss was that dirtle the turtle believed he could be lord master and ruler of all that he sees yeah, turtles all the way down. <laughs> it's so. Zoe, you you live in Louisville, Kentucky. You've you've you know M- Mitch McConnell has been your senator your basically your whole entire life. Pretty much. Do you think th- that this will actually enhance his power? Giving, a, I mean, because he's giving away power here by putting his cards on the table in advance. That over the long term, mm-hmm. it will enhance his power. Yes, because issuing party unity. Party unity as in the old school talking point, the party unity. Right. I think he's waiting for the next new Gingrich. 
You know? Right. And, oh. and, and party unity where he's the guy who gets to speak for the party. Right. Exactly. Hey, yeah. I want you to start yeah. talking to our, our hopeful Senate representative who's going to go up against Rand Paul. Charles Booker, I want you all to start talking to him on a regular basis. As like soon as he's won his primary, absolutely, let us know and uh, you know, message us. We'll, we'll do it. You're Zoe, listening thank you. To Tom Hartman, visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. We generally don't have candidates on before they're on the other side of the primary, but once they're on the other side of the primary, absolutely, I'll put them on the air. We'll be back. Bob in Asheville, North Carolina. Hey, Bob, thanks for watching Free Speech. Your thoughts on this? Hey, Tom, every one of those names you mentioned that Turtle would support as a presidential candidate kind of made me throw up my throat a little bit. None of them are better than any QAnon, but it's scary. What's frustrating with what he does, he puts all this energy and effort into this strategic, brilliant, long-term political process where he can get power. And during that time, he's doing nothing for people. If he would put the kind of energy into trying to create jobs, which the infrastructure bill would do, which the education plan would do of giving two-year educations uh, or education to students to go out and learn trades, welding, Mm. construction, automotive repair, small engine repair, machine shop, everything we're going to need to tackle this infrastructure plan People could go get a two-year degree and start making a real lifelong career living. And you know what welders make on job sites anymore is is great. And that would generate also tax revenue come back in. But he don't care. When Obama was president, every one of them would stand in front of a big back screen of jobs, 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 jobs. And they did nothing about jobs. And right now they have the opportunity to really create – in-country job market that can be shipped overseas. They're going to give real skills to people with real jobs and real income, and he don't care. He's more concerned about keeping the power of this whacked-out party. You know, I got out of the military during the Vietnam area. I joined. I didn't have to. But I got a two-year degree from a community college, and I'm retired now as a community college faculty professor for forest ecology. And I'm not rich, Tom, but I'm doing fine. I can survive. And I would love to see everybody that wants to go in and not have a $100,000 bill for from a, a university go into a community college and get a real trade, a real skilled job. Oh, yeah. With minimal output of your pocket. And that's what the infrastructure plan will offer those jobs and then training for those jobs through the community colleges with a small investment in a two-year education. It's just a well, win-win. And, and, and that it, can also be a launching pad into a four-year college as well. I mean, the, the, if you've absolutely. got the first two years paid for, you know. Absolutely. And, and when I was teaching, we were offering high school students the opportunity to take the intro classes into these career curriculums. I would go mm-hmm. over to the high schools and teach the intro to forest resources, intro to wildlife science to these high schoolers. So would our other curriculums. And they could get that That's great. while they were in high school. And then there was the early college opportunity that the Gates Foundation funded, where kids that didn't really fit into this high school process could go to, in three years, get a high school degree and a two-year degree. And the opportunities are there to really train our, our yeah. young folks. No, we really need – I'm with you, Bob. We really need this stuff. And McConnell is saying he's just totally opposed to it. And I'm still scratching my head, but thanks for contributing to the conversation, Bob. Greg in Detroit, Michigan. Greg, what are your thoughts? Thanks, Tom, for taking my call. I just wanted someone to ask Mitch McConnell if if he says in advance that they're not going to vote on, you know, the Recovery Act and they're not going to vote or participate in the in the infrastructure bill, what is he going to do for the next year and a half? What are his priorities? Why doesn't anyone ask him that? So you're not so you're you're against the Recovery Act, you're against the infrastructure bill. What are you for? What are you going to do for the next year and a half? Are you just going to put I'm, your feet up and let the Democrats do the work, or what? You know, nobody asks him that. I'm guessing that what they're preparing is the the Republicans are going to go back to, and we're already seeing this, by the way, starting to happen in in the states. 
it hasn't hit the U.S. Congress in a big way in part because when it's been tried by various members of Congress, it's been kind of largely laughed at by the media. But I think that they're going to go back to their culture war stuff. I think the whole Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato Head thing was part of that. I think the one that they think is a stronger one is trashing trans kids, particularly with regard to sports. This is something that just got paused in the uh, Texas legislature. The Texas legislature had a bill to make it, you know, basically illegal for trans kids to participate in the sport. And because of opposition from big corporations, it just got paused. But, but I think that, frankly, it's going to be about guns, gays, God, the old triumvirate, the old Republican triumvirate. I don't see what else they have, Greg. They can't be talking about economics because everybody gets it that they've been lying to us for 40 years. I'm just saying, like, if the media just asks him what are his priorities, it seems like that would highlight that they're not for the American people. You know, they're not concerned with people that are in need at the current, you know, at the current time. They have these other priorities that really don't have anything to do with the people that are in need, you know, right now. No, no, they're they're in favor of the American billionaires. <laughs> I mean, you know, the Republican yeah, Party yeah. exists to serve the billionaire class and the corporate class, period, full stop. And the question is, how can they best serve them? And, you know, maybe the billionaires are in favor of the American Reconstruction Act, you know, or the American Jobs Plan, rather, you know, the uh, infrastructure bill, because they're going to make a hell of a lot of money off it. I mean, you know, federal dollars are going to hire companies to build roads and bridges, and those companies are in many cases owned by the very billionaires who fund the Republican Party. So maybe they're just telling, I mean, this is like theory number five, right? Maybe they're just telling McConnell, hey, hold off, just, you know, quit, quit the opposition, let this thing pass. We want to make some money here. What do you think? Yeah, that could be true, too. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Thanks for the call. It's a great one. So one more theory about Mitch McConnell and, you know, why is he putting his cards on the table? Why is he absenting himself and the Republicans in the Senate from even a discussion about the American Jobs Plan and the American Family Plan? And it could be that the American Jobs Plan, I mean, we're talking $4 trillion here. And a lot of that money is going to go to big companies that do construction projects. And a lot of those big companies that do construction projects are owned by Republican donors. And so they're looking at this going, hey, gravy train coming. Mitch, shut your mouth and get out of the way. That's another possibility. That, that actually may be one of the strongest arguments. I'm not really sure. But anyhow, Beth in Valparaiso, Indiana. Beth, it says here that you think my theory is wrong. So what What? What am I missing here? Well, Tom, here's what I think. One thing that you did say that I had not thought about is that he does have like five more years till he has to get reelected or retire. So he does have some time to wait and see what happens with his party. You're right about that. But I think he does nothing but, based on what the Republicans have done the last 20 years, I think he does nothing but gain by doing what he's doing. He knows that, every Republican knows that they're not really serious about negotiating with Biden anyway. They've created a on social media and other places, they've created an atmosphere where any cooperation with Biden by any Republican looks like you're being a socialist. So since they've mm-hmm. created that environment, he's betting that between voter suppression, because right now he's betting that the Democrats don't have the political will to end the filibuster and get this voting rights legislation passed, that's his bet. And he's also betting on that and the upcoming gerrymandering and the slow walking of the census and all that to do some of his work for him. And he's planning on taking the House and the Senate back in the next couple of years. And I think he figures he can just lay back on his laurels until his party or the people decide, you know, until that stuff takes place. And I think that's his calculation. He can sort of publicly look like he's sort of cooperating with the Trump people, but yet you know, he kind of walks a tightrope on that. And meanwhile, what does he get by negotiating with Democrats? Really nothing in the crazy world of Republicans anymore, I don't think. So that's what I think he's thinking. You know, that makes a hell of a lot of sense, Beth, that he's, he's playing, you know, because McConnell's always playing a long game, right? And that's how he yeah, got where right. he is, and that's how he stayed where he is. And so the long game he's playing is that basically Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema will prevent the elimination of the filibuster, which will prevent the passage of the For the People Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, which will allow the increasingly purple states like like uh, Florida and Arizona and Texas, 
to remain hard red through gerrymandering and voter suppression and thus will bring him back into his majority leader power uh, either in 2022 or 2024, regardless of what the Democrats do. And uh, I would add to that, Beth, that it wouldn't surprise me if as part of that strategy, he's going to do the exact same thing that Kevin McCarthy, the leader of the Republicans in the House, did just two days ago, you know, where he sent out this uh, email or tweet or text or whatever it was to all, you know, to his constituents in his district in California, the people who elect him, Kevin McCarthy, saying, hey, if you're a small business, you're now eligible for these kind of loans. And the American Recovery Act has got extra money for you. And we got, we're going to cut your taxes. We're going to help you out. And there's money for your kids and all. And he, he had, he had voted, he had, he didn't just vote against this. He led the opposition against this calling, saying that it would turn America into Venezuela and that it was naked socialism. And now he's Mm -hmm. taking credit for it. And and yeah, he's getting busted for that on CNN and MSNBC. MSNBC has an audience of maybe a million people on, you know, during the daytime. Um, CNN, mm-hmm. maybe a million and a half. There's 340 million people in America. Most people don't know that, you know, McCarthy's playing this game. And right. so, you know, and so he's getting away with it. He'll probably get away with it. And uh, if your theory is right, Mitch McConnell will be able to do the same thing and he'll get away with it. Um, what kind of timeline, Beth, do you see this playing out on? Well, I was about to say, I think, I really feel, and I think you probably feel, a lot of us feel the same way, I think, is that in the next two to five years, we're going to know whether or not our country is going to become a complete authoritarian style of non-democratic thing where we're no longer choosing our leaders at all, or it's going to be a revival of democracy like we've never seen. And that's going to depend, like you always say, that's going to depend a lot on us. And how much we hold, we, if we can get private money out of public elections, that's the key to everything eventually. But, you know, if we can hold out, right. we can start making those changes. I really believe that. Well, and that's, you know, one of the one of the linchpins for that. One of the keys for that is going to be H.R. 1, the For the People Act, that gets, you know, dark money out of politics. And, I know. Uh, boy, is that going to be a challenge. Yeah. But all the more reason to to be leaning on cinema and mansion, I guess. Beth, thank you for the call. Thank you very much. You know, hey, now we're up to five different theories, I think, or maybe arguably six about why Mitch is doing what he's doing. I think they're all solid. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com Hartman. That's netsuite.com Hartman. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And welcome back. So... Uh, we are uh, processing our theories about what the heck is going on here. And uh, Eric in Kirkland, Washington. Hey, Eric, you have some thoughts here on uh, McConnell? Hey, Tom. Yeah, um, actually, I think uh, you're kind of overcomplicating the issue. It, it's much simpler than that. It's, it's a negotiation strategy that actually kind of explains everything the Republicans have been doing since Newt Gingrich, where if you're willing to walk away, that is your power. So I don't, I don't think he's losing power by saying he's willing to walk away. In their minds, they're actually gaining power, and then that way, 
no matter what comes of it, whether the Democrats get what they want, they can say, well, we used our strength in negotiation and got this for you. And, and, and I, but I think the walking that, away that, that Newt did was he, he shut down the government four or five times over the course of, you know, a half a dozen years. That was a that was proactive. That was an actual act. How does being passive, how does saying, you know, we're just I don't see how how McConnell gets more power from this or even more theater as Newt did? Well, it's, it's a negotiation. It's something that I've heard from uh, friends that I have that like sell cars. If you want to get a good deal mm-hmm. on a car, you don't act excited about the car. You act like you're willing to walk away from the car, and then you're able to oh, get sure. your needs. But he's already you know, walked away. I mean, he's he's yeah. already left the well, car dealership. He will. Right? And he, left, and he left behind a note saying, screw you guys. <laughs> right. And now the car dealership's going, oh, man, we got to get this guy back. I don't think and so. That's where his power comes in. Well, you don't I think don't think so. so. I think the Democrats are saying... People, you- well, well, what I'm saying is, you're logical, and, and, and you think about it in those terms. We're talking about fairly simple-minded people when you're talking about the Republicans. They're kind of more lizard brain as far as their stimulus. So if, well, it could he, be. Thinks that he's, if he thinks he's gaining power, then that's why they're going to keep standing on it, which is why they've been roadblocks, I mean, really, since Gingrich. It probably goes back before that, but I, you know, my awareness yeah. came to age during Gingrich. But it's, uh, you know, it's just one of those where yeah, I, and he I was the one who really seeing himself. I was just going to say, Gingrich is the guy who really flipped the Republican Party into a pseudo-fascist party. You know, I mean, uh, Reagan set it up as a corporatist party, but but Gingrich took it the next step. And then, of course, Trump went full fascist. Eric, uh, thoughtful response. Thank you. I got to chew on that one. Bill in Crete, Illinois. Hey, Bill, what's up? Well, thanks for taking my call. But you have to realize that he has to deal with the Republican base, which is Trump. There's no way around mm-hmm. that. They'll vote GOP no matter what. And what So you think this is political is, survival for McConnell? I think so. He has to just weather it and you know, they've already released the tiger and they're just hanging on for dear life. But the thing is mm-hmm. that, you know, like before it was abortion used to be the big deal that they used to go. Now they folded that into the cancel culture. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're trying to do it on that regard. So that's where their voters are. Even though they're going to be giving the money to the few, they have to get the votes. And that's the way that they go about doing it. So just right. don't do anything with the with the Democrats. Just way back, wait until 2022 midterm elections they're very close to be able to get back either the house or the senate or even both and then they don't have to worry about it they're already talking about making biden's presidency a half term right because as soon as they get it all they're going to do is sit on it we go back to basically cancel government because nothing's going to get done yeah, yeah. And you wonder if that's one of the, if that might, that possibility of losing the Senate. I mean, keep in mind, Warnock is up for re-election next year, too. He's, that was a special election. Yeah. So, uh, among others, that that possibility of taking back the Senate might be one of the things that's animating some of the concern in the Democratic Party about ending the filibuster. But, you know, the Republicans, if they take control of the Senate, they'll end the filibuster the minute they've got a a Republican president. They they don't care, but we'll see. Bill, thank you. Thank you. Great contribution to the conversation. I appreciate it. Lana in Peachtree, Georgia. Hey, Lana, what's on your mind? Yes. Hi, Tom. You kind of touched on this point a little bit earlier, but um, the reason why Mitch McConnell can do what he does is because he knows he will get reelected by the people of West Virginia even though those people continue to mean vote against their own best interest. You're talking about Mitch McConnell in Kentucky or, or Joe Manchin in West Virginia. But you're, you're yeah, talking about I'm Mitch McConnell saying, here. So he, in other words, he doesn't yeah. care. He's, he's got politically, he's nailed down in, in Kentucky. He doesn't have to worry about his political future. So, and hey, he's almost 80. He's just like, he's going to coast for a while. Is that what you're suggesting, Lana? Well, and I also think, and you had mentioned the culture wars. 
But Republicans know all they need to talk about is God, guns, gays, abortion, immigrants, and black people. Oh, and now socialism. And they know that all they have to do is talk about that, and they'll just keep getting reelected. And the Democrats have really not put out good messaging in terms of combating that. They, the people of West Virginia and all the other red states continue to vote against their own best interests. And they know yep. the Republicans will just keep getting reelected on those, like you said, those cultural issues. So the Republicans really feel that they just keep getting reelected. They don't have to do anything except push those cultural issues and the people just will continue to push against you know a vote against yeah. their own no, i get interests. it and there's a lot of truth to what you're saying lana there's a lot of truth to it thank you thank you very much that's you know it's another another thing to to think about chris in stiverson new york hey chris what's up Professor Hartman, thank you. Uh, if, if I might, well, first thing I would say is, as you always say, you have some of the smartest callers out there, listeners, um, and I'm I agreeing agree. with them. Uh, I'm, I'm right there with, with Beth, and I forgot the caller's name from Detroit. If I can use an analogy, I think the, the answer to your question is probably going to be the metaphor of the, I don't know how many, it was three or five wise blind men trying to describe an elephant. I think it's going to be a little bit mm-hmm. in each column. But, uh, but, but before I can even jump to that, if I can also say, not only are the, your listeners amazing, but you've been so on fire with your guests that you've been bringing in. Trita Parsi, I, too, was really disappointed. A caller called about with us stopping the arms sale. But what he illuminated, and I think that was really profound, about us leaving, you know, not not getting a uh, bone saw in law the uh, cover that he has now. He's actually forcing him to sit down. This isn't something that's going to be covered by uh, David Ignatius in the Washington Post. But the actual results are happening because someone like Trita Parsi knows what's actually going on when people in different countries are sitting down, not in Switzerland, but in Iraq. I thought that was brilliant. Well, thank you. Um, and, and, so- uh, and, uh, and our executive producer, Sean, who books these guests, thanks you as well, Chris, for the compliment. So your okay. theory, and we have, we have about, I think we have about a minute and a little more than a minute until we hit the break here. So, Chris, okay. your theory about McConnell is not that he's a true believer, which is my principal no. theory, but yeah, rather he's one. more no. sinister than that. Do I, have, do I have that correct? Yes. Yes, uh, definitely. Number Lay one, I think, is, 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 too, is, is too simple. I mean, if that was really the case, he, he would be acting like the people in the House. It would be a bread and circus spectacle like Fox TV. And I would ask you, have you seen Grover Norquist hanging out with Mitch McConnell? Because they're really smelling the farts of Ronald Reagan and being true believers. I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. If, it's number three, if it's number three, then we're, we're doomed. Because then Mitch McConnell really is a true master of this. And as a New Yorker, I can say this, Chuck Schumer is not up for that challenge. But I think... Number three being what? Number three was that uh, he was going to, you know, let this thing implode on itself. He's, what do you want to say, not an agent provocateur, but he's working from within to destroy the party. That way he gets Trump out, but he looks like he's always oh, been okay. there. So he, he I, right. I, and that would be brilliant. And I only wish Chuck Schumer and some people were that part were dealing with, like, Kirsten Cinema. I think it's number two. I think that he's about power. He's not about ideology. And he's doing this because he's worried if he doesn't cover his flank, he's going to wind up like it's going on in the house. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. Chris, thank you very much for the call. And, thank and you, thanks Professor. for your, uh, you're welcome. And thanks for your kind words. Teresa in Kingston, Washington. Hey, Teresa, your thoughts? Hi, Tom. My theory, well, I don't know, after listening to everybody else's theories, I'm kind of changing it. But I started off thinking that he was going to use this old playbook, you know, like the Republicans always have is, is during the midterms, the spendthrift liberals and, you know, bang, uh, bang the Democrats. Socialism. Yeah. Socialism. Well, and Ted Cruz the other day called Obama a communist, you know, and just all this, <laughs> these words that are, are coming out because Mitch McConnell said the other day at his, in a state, he didn't want a new bridge. He didn't care about the new bridge. He was voting against mm-hmm. this infrastructure. So I don't know. And after listening to everybody else's, I'm confused. Yeah, there's there's a lot of possibilities. And I suppose, you know, time is going to tell. President Biden has been doing just a shockingly good job of communicating his agenda. And maybe Mitch McConnell has just decided he can't handle that. Well, that, too, because Joe's numbers keep um, staying up and everybody likes what he 
you know, puts out there. So I don't know. Yeah. But Mitch McConnell, you know, you just can't trust him. He's up to something. Yeah, well, that's the one thing we do know. <laughs> Teresa, thank yeah. you. Thank you very much for contributing to the conversation. John uh-huh. in Los Angeles, your thoughts, John? Well, isn't it possible that uh, he's just standing back, keeping clean and chuckling and while uh, Mansion and Cinema are out there maybe doing his bidding based on what he's saying right now? That's possible, too. You know, well, I, I mean, that's, that wouldn't be the case with work. the American Jobs Act. But that would be the case with the John Lewis Voting Rights Act and the For the People Act, you know, H.R. 1. Mitch McConnell doesn't need to sabotage the Democrats. It appears that there are several Democrats who are willing to sabotage the Democrats. And not only that, though, that he's, they don't realize that he's setting them up to fail in the future because nobody, mm-hmm. nobody will vote for a traitor. Nobody. So, in other words, he's got to... Hey, they've got to. He doesn't have to do anything. He's just, he's already doing it. They've got to think about what they're doing now. They They being who? Mansion and cinema. Oh, I see. They're they're walking close to the noose. They, They better not put their head in it. Yeah, that makes, you know, I, I would take out the noose metaphor and maybe Why? replace it with an electric fence. But, but I get what you're saying, John, you uh, yeah, know, as long as you hang in yourself, that, that's what I mean. OK, yeah, no, I, I totally get it, John. I totally get it. Kathleen in Reading, Michigan, you got a 30 second response, Kathleen. Oh, Kathleen, I'm sorry that, that we just hit the music. Sorry. Kathleen, call back. Call back later in the week, and we'll continue the conversation. I'm so sorry. I, 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 I misread my clock by 15 seconds. Thank you. And thanks so much for being with us today. We'll be back in the same bat time, same bat channel. And please be nice to your bat channel, right? If you're, however you're getting this show, if they're in fundraising drive, let them know that you support them and, and pitch in and help out. We need these platforms to work. Thanks so much for being with us. Get out there, get active, tag your end. Be nice to somebody. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. 